Hey there, welcome to the Collide Podcast. This is Willow Weston, the founder and director of Collide. And if you're new to this podcast, I'm so glad you hopped on. If you hop on every week, you know that one of my very favorite things I get to do in my role around here at Collide is to sit down with people and interview them. People who've experienced Jesus run right smack dab into their lives and they have seen his goodness and his grace and his love and his healing and his transformation and his call. And so today I got to sit down with Trudy Lonsky, who is a mom of four and she's a speaker and author of two best-selling books, one called Reclaim Her Heart and the other one called Confidently Crowned. She writes to moms about raising their daughters so their daughters know their worth. So if you're a mom of a daughter right now, this podcast is for you. Take a listen. Trudy, it's so fun to have you on the podcast today. You're in Kentucky and I'm up in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know if we could be further apart in some senses. It's (laughs) great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I, of course, have stalked you and read up on you. And so I have a lot of questions I want to ask you. You talk about, and I just want to jump right in. You talk about having a son and how pivotal that was to growing your faith. Can you kind of invite us back into that time and tell us more? Yes, absolutely. So I actually have three sons, and so they are all different. It's so funny how you can have different children, and they're completely total different beings, and they walk a certain way and talk a certain way, and they tick a certain way. So yeah, I think we have gone through some pretty tough times with our all of them, really, But there were those Egypt seasons where we thought, oh, my goodness, what's going on? How, you know, how do we parent this? And it was in those moments that God met us in in a very real, real way. I think it was there that, that God called me to my lowest of low in my parenting, and I had to surrender everything I knew, (laughs) all those grasps of control, I had to let go and realize that my children are his and they are, and they're a gift. And it's my job to steward them in the way that he sees fit. And so it wasn't anything that I could do that would, that bring, that would bring us out of this season but it was all in his hands. And it was in that moment of surrender, in those moments of, I don't know where to go from here, that I worshiped and I prayed and I met God. And I, you know, it was in the kitchen when I'm doing, when I'm making dinner that I'm literally just belting out the words of the blessing and Carrie Job singing the blessing in that moment of unbelief of like, Lord, they're yours, not mine, or he's yours, not mine. And I believe that you are going to bless us for a thousand generations, just like that song says. So it, it's, it was in that parenting journey that I realized that 
my control and my way was not God's way. Mm. And that I had to give that all to him and that God, it was in his heart all along and he is there. He's in all of their hearts. Thank goodness. They've all asked Jesus into their heart. So I have to give that over to the Holy Spirit. He's within him. Right. So, so it's my job to just surrender and steward them in the best way I see fit and just relying on the Holy Spirit to be that guide. In yeah, me. well, nothing will make you get on your knees faster than children. I'll tell you that. We just graduated our last one, and we're going to be dropping her off at college soon. And, oh, man, they age you because it, it's humbling, and it's hard, and it's the most beautiful thing you ever get to be a part of. But I can't tell you how many times I've felt humbled like you and begged God to to be with me as I parent these little ones. And it it truly causes you to surrender and to plead and to need the Lord for sure. When you talk about your kids, how old are they now? So we have a sense of, you know, journey. Yes. So my oldest also is going off into college this this fall. And he just turned 18 on Sunday. So I have an 18-year-old. I have a 16-year-old. I have a 13-year-old girl. I have one girl. And I have an 11-year-old boy. So all over the place, three teenagers, one tween. Wow. Holy cow. (laughs) Talk about being this kid that kind of got the van drop off when you were a kid, you know, got dropped off at church. And now you're raising kids and you want them to know Jesus. And I'm curious if that ever felt scary for you that you didn't necessarily have parents that you looked up to to model what you what you wanted to do as a parent raising your kids to know Jesus. Was that a scary feeling for you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I but I it's funny how God works, right? Like I may not have grown up in a Christian home and I was that van drop-off kid, but that was the next best thing that my parents could do. My God really just showed up in big ways in my life. He put my grandmother in my life who is a believer. He also brought me to this teeny tiny little church in Abbott, Maine. It was so small. And in fact, we go back and visit every summer. And it was there that I met the love of Jesus. And so they loved me unconditionally, you know, and I experienced a real joy and peace. And I wanted that for my children and my family. And I always knew that even at a young age. And I say, you know, I never, there was never a time when I didn't feel the Holy Spirit, which is weird. You know, they say that (laughs) he was there all along, this strong belief of right and wrong and, 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 and just guidance and him guiding me all along. But yeah, that can be scary. But God has equipped me in so many ways with people when I was young in my childhood, um, mentors, aunts and uncles who were pastors, missionaries. And also now that I am an adult and I am raising kingdom children, it's so important for me to be surrounded by other Jesus followers and other kingdom-minded parents because it's there that I have accountability and responsibility. And I also have a sounding board when life gets tough because it's going to get tough. How am I going to handle this? Will you pray for me? Pray for me. 
And so it's so powerful to know that that people are coming alongside you and interceding on behalf of your family. That is so powerful. And so, yeah, it can get scary. It really can. But um, using those resources along the way and, and just leaning into the people that God has put in front of me has been so pivotal in, in my walk as a kingdom mom. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is, have you sort of gone and asked people to be mentors and sort of coaches and role models? I know for me, I didn't grow up in in a home where faith was a thing at all. We didn't go to church. There was no Bible. I never heard about the gospel. Um, and so I've kind of become a collector of people where... I, I see these people that I admire and I look up to them as people who live a life of faith following Jesus in in the way that I would like to, in the way I would like to parent. So I just collect them like, hey, would yes. you be willing to have coffee? Do you, would you be willing to mentor me? Can I learn from you? Would you and your husband want to meet with me and my husband? I mean, what does it look like for you to sort of gather those people into your life? Absolutely. I think I am constantly looking for people who are steps ahead of me in my faith journey. People who, oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit is within them. They are godly. They seek first the kingdom of God. I want to be like them. I want to walk like them. I want to live my life. I want to rear my family like them and seeking them out, like you said, just asking them, hey, would you mind mentoring me or, you know, even if it's just meeting once a month, just seeking those people out and knowing, and I'm constantly praying for those people. God, please put those people in my life, put them in my path mm-hmm. and, and, and help, you know, help me see, open my eyes to see, because sometimes busyness and distraction get in the way and I don't see those people. But when I take the time to notice, yes, absolutely. I love that. Collecting them, like, please come <laughs> alongside me because we can't do this alone and we were never meant to. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's why God calls it the kingdom, right? That, that Those kingdom people, like-minded people who are willing to come alongside you and, and lift you up and hold you up in prayer and Absolutely. Let's talk about, because you've brought it up a couple of times and you mentioned kingdom children. You're trying to grow and raise kingdom children. There might be people who can draw conclusions on what you might mean, but I'd love for you to tell us, what do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, those children are the ones who carry a light that look different, you know, that, that love really big and, and that, that look like Jesus. You know, we live in a world of just, um, a lot of noisiness and confusion. And so for your children to just know Jesus, to walk a different walk, to to be the hands and feet, to be servant-minded, to know God's word and, you know, have a mission to just to bring people closer to him and, and to show them the love of Jesus. How has that been for you? Because I know that we have a lot of conversations at our house and have over the years in our kids' childhood about that. How has that looked like for you being an invitation you lay out to your kids instead of a pressure? Pressure. It's a, it's exactly like the way that I saw it in the church growing up, right? It's this this love and this joy that these people have that I want 
And it's not something that I thump them over the head with a Bible because that's not going to work. Because you tell a kid to do one thing, they're going to do the opposite, right? But they see me doing life and they see me in the morning and I'm in my Bible and I'm in in God's word. And, you know, actually this, this weekend we were in Cincinnati at a soccer tournament and we were going over a bridge and there was this gentleman who was going to jump off the bridge. And in that moment, our family regardless of what's going on, we'll say, okay, who's going to pray? And and this is a thing that we do. So you're walking it out, you know, as a family. And and my daughter, who is not normally the one to stand up and say, I'll pray. Usually it's my 11-year-old. But it was my daughter who said, I got this, mommy. So it's just living a life of faith yourself that looks that's authentic and real. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just a Wednesday thing. You walk differently. You um, you just have this peace about you. When life throws you lemons, you go to God's word. You hold on to his truth. And your children witness that. And through witnessing this real authentic faith, they develop their own faith of, that's very real. And so... That's how we have kind of done it. It's mm-hmm. not something that, oh, you know, you have to come to church with us on Sunday. No, they want to come to church with us on Sunday. You have to go to church on Wednesday here in Kentucky. We have Wednesday night church as well. It's no, are we going to church? We're going to church. Let's go. It's not, it's not um, a question really. It's something they want to do. And so they want to grow in faith because they see their dad and I growing each and every day. And walking it, walking life out, everyday things with the Lord. Mm-hmm. What's your advice for people right now who are listening and they don't feel like they have that experience? They feel like they have kids who don't want to go to church and don't want anything to do with God. What would be your advice for them on here's where you can start today on inviting your kids into their own faith, even though right now they're saying no? I would say pray, first and foremost, pray that that they would encounter Jesus in a real way and that because of that encounter, it would slowly, you know, just encourage them to walk out in faith. Now, we there is free will, right? There's free will and, and all of us have it. So there is power in prayer. There's power in interceding on behalf of your children. When you walk it out and you are living life differently, you know, then it becomes this curiosity of, ooh, what is she doing that's different? And where is her peace? And where is she finding her joy? Because I'm not feeling this peace and joy. How do I need to get there? And so when, don't ever give up. Don't, don't, don't ever give up. And, you know, are you praising God? Are you listening to worship music in your, you know, battles? Do your children see you walking that out? And I know that can be so, so hard. You know, there's, there's these prodigals that walk away, but when we continue to be faithful as a mom and we plant seeds, we never know when that harvest will come but one day, one day it, it will, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's our job just to plant those seeds and, and God will water it. And it's a beautiful thing to see God work and move. And, and, and again, that's, that's a whole surrender piece, right? Here we go. We're going to just 
they're God's gift and, and we're just going to love them in the hard, in the difficult, when they, you know, are combative or, you know, aren't wanting to do the things that we'd like to see them do. If they're not walking the way we'd see, we'd like to see them walk, then, you know, God is, God is so, so good. And in fact, one of the verses, one of the Bible, actually a whole chapter is Psalm 91, that I have prayed over my children and I insert my kid's name in that verse or that chapter. And that was so, so powerful to just be able to do that for my son and watch God work and move in his life, in his timing, not mine. Because I think a lot of times we want it right here, right now. We live in this microwave society, but God's timing is much different than ours. Yeah, I love I love your advice not to give up. I think when we invite our kids to have their own faith, we have to trust they also are going to have their own journey and their own story, their own chapters. And they might not look the way that we have them all planned and mapped out the way that we want them to write. And I know we've experienced that even in the last few years where, you know, we sent our son off to college and he definitely had his own experiences away from our nest and uh, he has since moved back. And there's been so many times where I've been worried and concerned and, you know, maybe fearful that the foundation that we laid is gone. And it's been actually so encouraging to have girlfriends who remind me, oh no, oh, Mm -mm. the foundation you built is still there. And there's been these just sweet moments where I, I think where, you know, in my worry and in my fear, it's almost like when the sun rises after a rainstorm, you see like a sweet moment where you're like, oh, it's still there. We had it. Um, one that I can share recently, well, not recently, but at Christmas time, So like six months ago or something where we're all sitting down to a lovely meal and that they, the kids request what they want at Christmas. And it's just us four and we're having this meal and, you know, we've opened presents and we're warm in our house and our bellies are full and we have all these leftovers. And my 20 year old son says, why don't we take all these leftovers and go deliver them tonight to homeless people? And we were like, really? Like, that's what you'd want to do on Christmas night? And they, both kids were like, yeah, let's do it. And so we packaged up because I grew up living basically in a cafe. So when I cook for four, I really cook for like 40, you know, (laughs) all these meals and desserts and put them all in bags and drove around and had one of the most impactful Christmas nights we've probably had in years that was all spawned by our son coming up with this idea. And I think it is kind of, you know, there's, there's this journey you have to walk as a parent where you're so afraid that the things you invited your kids into are gone. It's almost like they vanished or, or where's that, where's that kid that loved Jesus or where's that kid who knows this is right and this is wrong or those things that you worry about. And then the sun comes out and you're like, oh, it's in there. So I love your advice not to give up because there's definitely not that I've ever wanted to give up, but I think you start to wonder if everything you worked for is gone sometimes. Absolutely. And I think our expectations sometimes get in the way. Right. And if we look back in our own life, we didn't walk a perfect life either. And it was in our mistakes that we learned the hard way that, 
okay, we don't want to do that again, you know? So taking out those expectations and. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Jesus, you know, he invites us to follow him along the way. And so he shows up along our way. And I think, you know, you think about him with Peter and there's so many times where Peter botches it again and fails. And like Peter steps out of the boat and he sinks because he doubted. And then you see Jesus next chapter and Jesus is in the boat giving Peter a pep talk. And I think that's how Jesus works with us. And we know that, but when it comes to our kids, we fear that they might not recognize that Jesus is in the boat with them, giving Mm -hmm. them where Jesus is with them when they're sinking. And so I love your advice not to give up. You wrote several books, two best-selling books, and I would love to just have you share about those and what made you decide to write them. We are so glad you're here tuning into the Clyde podcast with us each week. We're thrilled that you're enjoying our content and finding inspiration in our episodes. But did you know that Collide has so much more to offer? If you want to stay up to date on all the latest news, receive exclusive discounts, exciting announcements, and all the deets on our upcoming events, sign up for the Collide newsletter. Our newsletter is filled with inspiring content, printed Bible studies, devotionals, and encouraging messages to keep you motivated and inspired. Our newsletter is delivered to your inbox twice a month, and don't worry, we promise you won't receive any spam, just curated content that feels way more like an exciting message from your best friend, full of content to encourage, inform, and inspire you right where you're at. So to make sure to stay connected with us and receive exclusive inspiration from Willow, click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter. We can't wait to see you in our inbox. You wrote several books, two best-selling books, and we I would love to just have you share about those and what made you decide to write them. <laughs> Okay, that was definitely a God thing because if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would write two devotionals, you would, I would have told you you were crazy. There's no way. I am not an author. I am not a writer. You're crazy. But that was definitely a God whisper. It was back in 2019, and he, in fact, told me very clearly that he wanted me to write a devotional for moms raising teen girls and a companion devotional for those teen girls. So you can do them separately or together. And it was in this time of smartphones and social media where I just saw girls questioning their identity. You know, they're constantly, their heads are in their phone. You can see this sense of, I don't know who I am. I'm relying on the follows and likes and comments to solidify who I am. And we know that those are fleeting. That's a target that, that, you know, it will just leave us wanting more and more and more. And so I walked that out with God. I went to a conference back in 2019 and I had no idea why I was there. I was like, why am I here? I don't know. (laughs) What are we doing? Everybody else knew what they were doing. They had all everything together, their one page and their agent and everything. And I'm just here, not sure what I'm doing. I'm just being obedient and answering the call. And it was last year that those books were both published. And so the rest is history. I just have this 
burden on my heart for teen girls, especially in the you know, last couple of years with the suicide rates just rising and knowing that there's a need for Jesus to be their sole identity. And it's my hope that these books help them find him. Yeah, I love that so much. I wish I had the CDC article that just got sent out recently, but the the statistics were so upsetting. I actually had our admin print one for every staff person here because we need to pay attention to what they're saying. I mean, the suicide rates, the eating disorder statistics, the um, number of girls who've been sexually victimized. I mean, on it goes. It's it's pretty upsetting. And a lot of people are connecting it to the onset of, you know, the iPhone, which I haven't done any research on this, but it's really interesting. So I, I love that you want to be a part of the solution and help moms with teens. When you think about, because I say this all the time in the work we do with women, moms worried about their daughters and their daughter's sense of self-worth, you know, daughters who just can't stop obsessing on, like you said, how many likes or, you know, three hours, you know, overthinking what they're going to post or seeing other people who had a birthday party and they weren't invited. You know, we were the lucky ones where maybe we didn't know about all the things we weren't invited to as girls or, you know, all the, um, things that you should do to lose weight and all the ways you should look this way. And that way it's just overwhelming the amount of, of, things sort of attacking our daughter's self-worth. When you think about that and you think about a mom who's worried about that, some of my concern becomes around moms who aren't realizing that they're falling trap into it too. And so it's almost like a contagion, like moms who are obsessing at home over, you know, their posts and their, you know, what they look like on social media and all of these things. So I'm curious How important is it to you in the work you're doing to help moms have self-worth so they can invite their daughters to know they're worthy as well? Absolutely. And that is exactly why I wrote the book for moms, because where we find our identity will be where our daughters find theirs. They're watching. How, how long are we sitting on that phone and scrolling where they're watching our facial expressions? You know, I, I... liken it to a Mack truck, right? You're joyful. You're going throughout your day. You check into social media and all of a sudden your mood has the joy thief just came and stole your joy. And so I think it's so very important that we are very cognizant and aware of where we're finding our identity because I was guilty. I was so guilty, the body image, the working out. And in fact, I talk about that a lot as well. I got sucked into, you need to look a certain way to get all the likes and follows and all of this. And and God really met me in that too. So I, I really do believe that as moms, we we have to be very, very aware of how we hold our identity. Is it really in Christ or, you know, are we allowing the world to dictate how we look, how we dress, how we, you know, how we see ourselves because our daughters are watching. Yeah, it's interesting because we can say, you know, you shouldn't be on your phone as much 
while we're scrolling. (laughs) Or you need to have a healthy relationship with food while we don't. Or, you know, you need to work out more while we're not. Or vice versa, you need to work out less, but we're obsessing about it. Or, you know, you shouldn't care so much about this, but then we're over here fretting about the same kinds of social things. So I think it's really an interesting invitation that if we see concern in our kids to kind of step back and reflect, what am I modeling? What am I, how am I doing? Am I finding myself worth in what people think about me? Or am I finding my worth in who God says I am? And I think that's, that's a place to start for some of us, right? Yes. I, God met me one morning on the scale because I would, you know, get up, get up in the morning, use the restroom, go to the scale completely, TMI naked, you know, and I would, not like the number on the scale and and loathe myself. Why? Because my value isn't a number. And at that point, God really convicted me of Trudy. Do you want your daughter hating her body the way that you hate yours? I didn't, your body is a temple. I created you in my image and, and you are uniquely made on purpose. So do you want your daughter carrying that burden as well? And so I needed to lay that down. That was a moment of complete and total conviction. And again, surrender of Mm -hmm. no more, no more. What's your advice for moms listening who maybe have a lot of regret around, oh man, I kind of got imbalanced in some way myself. And now I can see it being lived out in my daughter's life. And we can't go back in time. We can't. We cannot rewind the clock. If I have a 16-year-old and I've realized that there's been something that's maybe invited her into an unhealthy sense of self-worth, what do we do now rather than sit in that deep regret? It's so beautiful when we are able to just humble ourselves and admit that we have been doing something wrong. And that can be hard, Mm -hmm. but if you can admit to your daughter, hey, I've been worrying too much about how much I work out. I've been worrying about this and that, and I have been getting my self-worth in places that aren't of God, and I really want to work on getting that right. Can we do this alongside each other? Because I've noticed that you've been doing this as well, and I am so sorry. Mm. And, and there's, there's so much beauty in a child and, you know, even a teenager, just being able to see their parent admit that they're wrong and okay. that you're inviting God into that, that space and helping he, him reform whatever it is that, you know, that you've allowed to come in and, and. Yeah. I mean, you're modeling so many things. You're modeling ownership and confession and that it's never too late to be transformed by the Lord and that none of us are above being broken and messy and needing the Lord's help. And the idea that he's a savior doesn't mean you need him to save you once. You need him to save you all day, every day. Right. And so I love like the invitation to moms. If you're recognizing that there's a way that maybe you've gone astray a bit to be able to have that kind of humble conversation with your daughter. 
also invites her to know it's never too late. Yes. Healing and help and transformation from the Lord. And to be able to admit that to the people in your life. So Mm -hmm. that's really good. What kind of feedback are you getting from your, your book? Like, what are you hearing from mothers and daughters? They are so excited. I have had actually girls on Instagram just screenshot their daily devotion and send it to me and thank me for just that revelation of, you know, I was putting my identity in the wrong places. These are the words that I speak over myself that are lies, you know, that I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I'm ugly. I'm fat. They've been really vulnerable and open and honest about some of the lies that they're believing in their heads. And so moms as well have have been grateful for for that reminder for them, because I think sometimes as women, we kind of forget or maybe we don't notice that we're comparing ourselves or that we are finding identity in the wrong things, or we're not sure how to handle the day-to-day and how to point to Jesus in our day-to-day walk. So mm-hmm. it's been a beautiful journey of of just walking that out with a lot of the girls that I know here in our community. They're, you know, they know me so that they are able to just reach out and, and share, share those day-to-day epiphanies. I like to call them epiphanies when the Holy Spirit is just... <laughs> working in our hearts and just uh, redefining and reforming and, um, you know, refining. I love that so much. You deeply desire for your children to know Jesus. And I'm wondering what's some of the best advice you've been given from other people about how to invite your kids into relationship with Jesus and, and what it means to sort of invite them into faith along the way. Yes. So, you know, one of my podcast guests actually once said, I grew up in a Christian home, but I didn't know Jesus. Like he was never a part of, of the conversation. And that was like, that was heart wrenching for me. How on earth can you be a Christian and, you know, not have Jesus in your home? So, you know, Jesus is, he's one of the biggest, I guess, um, eye openers for my children has been the Chosen series, you know, for them to see, see the Chosen. It's, you know, that we read the Bible and we talk about Jesus, but to, to see that, on, you know, whatever app that we're watching it on has been really profound for them. You know, it's, it's put a lot of those biblical stories into play in our home. You know, we read about it, but to see it played Mm -hmm. out on the screen is pretty cool. But in addition, just knowing that, that Jesus sees, sees them, he loves them, you know, there's nothing that they can do to earn his love. There's, you know, nothing that they can do for him not to love them. So just for them to experience, like my podcast guest had said, for them to experience Jesus in our home every single day, every single day they are loved, every single day, you know, they they see hope and they see light and um, and know that that promise of eternity is for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so many people, Jesus is almost like a box they check. Like, mm-hmm. I believe in Jesus. I 
align myself with being a Christian, but the idea of inviting your kids into a relationship with Jesus, the one who says, come and follow me, is an invitation to experience him along the way, no matter where you are, whether you're at recess or you're getting your driver's permit or you're angry at your brother in the backyard (laughs) or whatever it is. And the invitation is always there for all of us to follow Jesus. You know, we talk a lot around here about colliding with Jesus and he runs into our lives wherever we are. And that's such a different way of relating to Jesus than I'm checking a box that I'm a Christian. Right. So I can see where you could have a guest who'd be like, I was in a Christian home, but I never you know, had a relationship with Jesus. So I love your heart. I love that you're coming alongside moms and daughters. And I love what God's doing in your life. And you're saying, yes, Tim. I know there's going to be mamas here who want to get copies of your books. How can they do that? They are both available on Amazon. So the mom's version is called Reclaim Her Heart. And the daughter's version is called Confidently Crowned. And they are both available on Amazon. Very cool. Trudy, thank you for hanging out today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been good. It's been so much fun. Hey, friend, I hope that you experienced God encourage you in some way, shape, or form as you listen to Trudy share a bit of her story. I want to remind you that if you are a mom and you're busy and you're on the go and there's so many things coming at you and yet you have this longing to spend time with the Lord, we have a freebie for you on our website at weekalide.net. It's a free mom's devotion, so go check that out. I also want to mention that you heard me talk a little bit about this idea that Jesus meets us along the way. He meets us and he meets our kids along the way. And so often we feel like we're flailing and tripping up and we're doubting and we're kind of a mess. And yet we see this Jesus in scripture and we see him showing up to people just like that. And we do see him showing up to Peter when Peter's sinking. And I'd like to think that Jesus shows up in the places that we least expect him to. And and you see him. He shows up to Peter and, and he invites Peter back into the boat. And there he is. And he's back in the boat with Peter, encouraging Peter and giving Peter a pep talk. So if you're a mom today who just got done listening to that podcast and you're feeling discouraged, and you're feeling like, man, maybe I've made some mistakes or I've misguided my kid or I haven't been perfect. All the things that we can easily think as a mom, I just want to remind you that you're not alone and that God meets you right there where you are. And he hops in your boat and he wants to encourage you to get back out there and to keep walking with him and to keep seeking him. Keep loving your kid and keep being faithful to the call that God has in your life to be a mama. So I hope that you keep colliding and we'll catch you next week.